The warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Abby Marison, Education Programme Manager from Festival Bridge, and I was a primary school teacher for 10 years. And Bex, I am a school leader with lots of experience teaching all the way through the primary age ranges. I also have experience in initial teacher training as well. And today we are exploring learning outcomes in art with this week's folktale from rural England. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Farmer and the Boggart. There you can sign up to become an epic educator, which will let you stream a video to your children of me telling the story, get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the colossally colourful Mario Coelho, download the full audiobook at any time, and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby and Bex here by exploring art. What art practices can Farmer Rob and the Boggart help us with? And who wants to start with this one? Because I know you're both bursting at the broom with ideas here. Shall I start? You got there first. Go for it. (laughs) When I was trying to visualise the Boggart, I mean, I've had lots of ideas around this around around sort of what would come to you quite instinctively around letting children experiment with lots of different media to to create what they visualize the boggart as but mm. as i've been thinking about it and thinking about how artists usually go around teaching their their specialism um one of the things that came to mind was the scream by edvard munch and i think it's really nice if you uh at, at this age where you are exposing young people to a piece of art that's ages four to seven yeah if, yeah so uh reception and key stage one so what's really nice about this is I found out lots because I didn't know I'm not an art specialist and, and I work with lots of different art specialists but I found out that there isn't just one version that the artist made he made a pastel version a painting version of the, uh, he screen. Also, of the scream and he wow. also did a lithograph I didn't um, know that either. No. So these are all housed in Oslo. So it's not like we can say to our young people, go and see the screen. But I learned <laughs> lots. So it's all um, on the British Museum website. So I, f- I found out quite a lot of my information from there. But what I thought is you could study that particular painting and say this very famous painting um, slash art piece of art um, by um, someone who is known for that particular piece of work made lots of different versions. So you can explore media with young people and say, you know, let's try making something out of pastel. Next time, next time around we do this, you could actually make your same picture out of paint or whatever resource the school has got available, Mm. can afford. Um, But it's that really experimenting with media and and giving them that that opportunity to to try different media out themselves and see the different effects. So what I really like about the screen is the the way that the sky is and it's very yellow and red and very sort of swirly and you can give lots of opportunities for creating that kind of thing. And I was also thinking you could have some really lovely conversations with your young people around, is it the farmer or the boggart in your screen and Ooh. what are they screaming about? Is it, oh, they've stolen all my vegetables? Or is it, oh, 
I don't have any friends in this village you know what, 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 who, who would who would you put in that particular painting so they, they were just some of the things that I think could come out art wise but I would always recommend working with a professional artist an mm. arts organization um, to bring those skills not just to explore the media but to see what professional artists can do with them I'm so glad that you um, mentioned the scream, Abby, because while I was getting my inspiration for the description of the boggart, I was checking out different artistic interpretations of a boggart from throughout history because obviously this this is a creature of folklore um ap apologies for the dog barking in the background but i still haven't got my window fixed so you're gonna get the <laughs> bark coming through um but yes there is one picture of a boggart which really did actually remind me of the screen because of the the shape of the head and, and the proportion to the neck and everything but for everyone listening to this um i suppose i i need to let everybody be aware that you folks get to see the story around about the same time that our artist does. So um, by the time everybody's going onto our website and downloading the ebook or, or getting the paperback of this story, they're going to be able to see the wonderful artist Mario Coelho's interpretation of the Boggart, which is him interpreting my interpretation, my written interpretation of all of the folklore so um i suppose just a, a quick question to throw at you knowing that would you allow your children to see any of um mario's interpretations first or would you save that and find a way to tell the story without revealing the illustrations i know bex and i have discussed this uh, for a different story haven't we yeah. it's just such a beautiful thing because it's teaching the children that that's the path of an author and an illustrator where do you get your inspiration from? Where do you decide how you're going to create it? How do you pull on other inspirations? You know, Lord of the Rings and Gollum and, you know, mm. where do you start? with? I, I'm going back to Bex's top trumps of all these different folklore characters. But uh -huh. I think it's great that whether they see it up front or not, I would probably caution with, with not. But I think either way, just being able to say, there are going to be lots of different interpretations. And, and that's really good for a growth mindset when you're doing art to say, mm. it's okay, whatever your interpretation looks like, however you create that, that's your own unique take on it. And quality isn't defined by yours or someone else's being comparable to one another. Every yeah. single one is unique. And, and that's so great being able to say, you know, Chip took this story and he wrote it like this, but another author might write it differently. Uh, mm -hmm. A director of a play might produce something differently. An illustrator will take a different take. It's such a great learning opportunity to, to say that you can be extremely professional and very, very good at your craft, but very different than someone else. Yeah, growth mindset and an inclusive mindset as yeah. well. We love a bit of inclusion here at Epic Tales. <laughs> yes, we do. Speaking of then, shall we start looking at the 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 old ones in primary, the, <laughs> the 7 to 11s? How would you explore art with them, Bex? So very similarly to how um, Abby's described how she'd approach it with their um, younger learners. So I was thinking of um, pausing the story as Farmer Rob meets the Boggit. Um, for those of you who, who maybe have heard us on the podcast before, I love a pause in the story. Um, <laughs> pause at the moment where the Boggit is described and then get the children to actually draw their own interpretation of the Boggit at that moment 
in time. So from the information they've got from the story, they pause and they draw what comes into their head. And um, so if this was an art lesson, I get them to do that. And then I would also show them um, if their parents are okay with it, show them the clip from Harry Potter, which would go with me here everybody um so harry <laughs> potter meets a boggit in one of his lessons and it's the boggit is dobby a boggit uh, dobby's, dobby's a house elf, elf i think yeah oh okay but the the thing about this boggit is that it shifts into different shapes depending on what the person is scared of mm. which would link into the boggit in your mind is going to be different because everybody's brain works differently so it would link in here's a boggit that takes different shapes because of um, it knows the people actually, we're all individual, our minds work in different ways. So show that clip, show them um, the uh, illustrations from the um, epic story as well. Um, and then and then what I would be thinking of is the difference between um, our five to seven-year-olds and our seven to 11-year-olds, what they need to be doing is the words improving their mastery of different techniques. Mm. So I'd be wanting them to create their boggit and then thinking about activating all that prior knowledge that they'll have had if they've studied the screen painting in their um, key stage one time and looked at um, painting and drawing and sculpting and thinking, okay, these are your options, but then you need to really, ref you're looking at in years three, four, five, and six, them refining the skills that they've already learned. So being even more mm -hmm. intricate with um, how they use clay as a tool to represent their boggit, how they would use, which different painting techniques they'd use, whether they'd use a brush or um, like pushing paint with a, um, like a little, I call it a little tiny paint spade, but I'm sure it's got a technical, um, <laughs> a technical vocabulary or using something else in the classroom that they find that might just make the pattern or the print that they want. So I think it's all that re um, refining of those techniques and then having um, a boggit display including the illustrations mm. from the um from the epic tale um and and everything else and the children's work on your learning wall i think that would just be amazing just to have that opportunity and if you were linking it in again and doing a whole school and maybe your key stage one children were reproducing their screen painting and then their older children were producing their own boggit pictures or sculptures or paintings then having maybe an art gallery for their parents and carers yeah. to come and see We've had so so long where they haven't been allowed in to schools. Let's open up our doors mm -hmm. again and share the learning. Do that. You know, I've seen a number of schools over this last year use lots of different digital formats mm. to, to create an art gallery. And actually, they're perfectly good. And yeah. especially if you're a working parent who just cannot get through yeah. the doors of the school, it's lovely that you have that opportunity to interact with your children's work and see in amongst all of the school's work and, and, and actually have those opportunities that I think the last year has afforded us that, that perhaps we haven't thought around before. So yeah, that there are, definitely. there are, you yeah, can not, do both. Not just working parents either. It can be a, a good thing for just accessibility in general, can't it? Absolutely. And you, I've been able to save it as well, like yeah. save their work for all time and not just have boxes. I always remember my mum saying, I need you to come and clear out all your boxes from my garage of all your stuff from when you were little. Um, but actually having a digital copy of something we all we all know protects our planet. And also, um, so again, linking back into everything we've been talking about, Absolutely. do we want the boggit to explode and add to climate change? Would well, you know, know what? Speaking of everything that we've been talking about just in this one podcast, I, I sort of um, want to think about inclusivity within art itself. And uh, obviously English is taught as a separate subject, but as a storyteller, I'm all for thinking of English and, and language as an art as well. Yes. And one thing that um, I've done with 
with school groups after telling a story is a sort of we've called it all sorts of different things but it's kind of like a an, an X Factor style or Britain's Got Talent style game where you ask the children to reproduce a part in the story using their own favorite method of art so some of them may well rewrite the passage some of them may perform the passage as drama thinking of drama as a one of the arts some of them may well paint some of them may well make costumes some of them may do sculpture so you're giving them the opportunity then to choose what their own preferred expression mm. is and that can be really great if you've got any children who are maybe shy about their drawing skills but really good with I don't know lego or something you know and it's it's really expanding the concept of what art actually is and the appreciation of art as well and i think what you what you've done there chip is is really focused on one of the arts council's quality principles which is belonging and ownership mm-hmm. and it comes through really strongly with some of our arts mark schools how do you develop pupil voice so it's not just having an opportunity for uh, a school council to talk about things. It's giving them real, genuine choice and saying, OK, we're going to, to give you these options and these parameters. But this is the kind of choice that you can have in shaping your own curriculum and your own learning and what you want to do next from that. And that's yeah. really exciting. It really is. Finally, for me, art-wise, I'm just thinking about back to when we were talking about key workers and farmers being key workers. There's an artist called, I can't say his surname probably, Charlie Mackey or Charlie Z. I know who you mean and I can't pronounce he, it He <laughs> wrote The Boy, The Fox, The Mole and The yeah. Horse. And he does lots and lots of illustrations. And they're either um, still illustrations or sometimes you watch him, you can kind of watch him drawing them. And he drew one for the farmers to thank them for mm. being a key worker. And it was just so beautiful. So I was thinking that linking into the art and linking into the the fact that we've talked about farmers being a key worker, maybe you could recreate that print or in some other way, get the children to own how they want to create something to thank the farmers who've been key workers and perhaps even send it over to your local farmer and just to thank them for everything they've done. So or your catering, just, you know, or you're catering you think of all the free school meals and, and you know, mm. people who've supported supported that. Yeah, that's really nice. And that's another great thing that you can do with art is use it as a, a way of expressing gratitude and passing yeah. that along. Yeah. 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 And again, links to the thankfulness that we were talking about um, earlier in the week just, as well. Yeah. So. And the thing is with that particular artist illustrator, it's a brilliant forum for sharing emotions and recognising emotions and, and being OK to talk about them. So I think this story does that really nicely. You know, you can think about not only the farmer and the boggart, but the, the family in the pub mm-hmm. um, by creating artwork like that. You can really talk about what it's like to go hungry, what it's like to and you can explore lots of thoughts and feelings around that. Really, really exciting stuff. That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this around with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. Tomorrow, Farmer Rob and the Boggarts will help us teach physical education and music. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, 
Cheerio! Cheerio. And, and we, we hope, hope to hear your story, story soon. soon.